Welcome to the Mind Gym. This is the Pain to Power podcast with Dr. Keith Abloh, where you become the strongest individual you can be. Let's talk about the way they catch monkeys in Africa or South Africa. I forget. What I don't forget is that in one of my favorite books, and I kind of wear people out with this because I keep talking about the book Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance by Robert Persig, the late Robert Persig. Uh, We're going to get to the monkey thing. I know I've got you hooked. But it's important to note that Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance is testimony to the fact that sometimes you have to keep at things in order to get them done. Even if they're really important things, the world won't necessarily just step aside and embrace, either step aside for those things to pass and uh, go on up the highway uh, toward being uh, celebrated. Sometimes the world gets in the way. The world won't necessarily embrace great works of art or literature, but Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, guess which publisher, how many publishers passed and which one finally took the book. It was the 121st publisher, meaning 120 publishers turned down a book that, by the way, sold 10 million copies, or by now, more. That was years ago when I had looked into the sales figures. So Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, written by Robert Persig. Here's a guy who persevered to submit it to 120 publishers before the 121st offered what he, that publisher, said was a standard advance of $3,000. Now, mind you, this is a book that went on to sell 10 million copies. So Persig knew that there was something worthwhile, worth pursuing about the work that he had produced. And the way he described it, he said that writing the book and pursuing its publication, even when 120 publishers had said no, had, as he said in very simple terms, higher quality than not writing it and not pursuing it, even after 120 publishers said no. There's a lesson in that for pain to power. That's a lot of pain. Now, It's less pain if you can keep in mind the whole 120 rejection letters that, hey, I'm on, I'm on a treasure hunt here. I'm following the breadcrumbs. 120 could be 200. I don't care. I'm going to find that publisher that publishes my work. But still, it's daunting. Man, that's a lot of hurdles. It's a lot of stick to itness that you have to muster to get to that 121st publisher. But what a great lesson about becoming powerful by being willing to bear that discomfort, that pain. 120 knows. So what? He went for it. And the 121st publisher published it, 10 million copies sold. The rest is history, except now I'll get to it, right? Because this is such a valuable book. I wish everybody would read it. It's a little bit to get through. It's, you know, a book that runs almost 500 pages. Not everybody is up for that. But I wish that more and more people would be up for it because 
Bottom line is that Zen in the Outer Motorcycle Man, the way he describes the way they catch monkeys in Africa or South Africa is brilliant. Because basically he says, listen, here's what they do. They take a coconut, they hollow it out, and they make a hole in the coconut. Now, there's more about the hole later, but they make a hole in the coconut, they've hollowed it out, and then they chain it to the ground. So there's a stake in the ground, they chain the coconut to the ground, and this hole in the coconut, which they then fill with rice, by the way, so the hole in the coconut is big enough for a monkey's hand to go in, but it's too small for the monkey's hand once it's full of rice to get out. So that means that the monkey, and who knew that monkeys love rice? So the monkey puts his hand in. It's empty when it goes in. When it comes out or he tries to take it out, he can't. That's because it's full of rice. Now, Persig, who's brilliant, says there's something that this monkey should know. What's keeping him trapped is only what Persig calls his value rigidity. The monkey can't revalue the rice. The monkey can't say to himself or herself, listen, freedom without rice is more valuable than being captured with a fistful of rice. I think that's a great metaphor where, for where too many of us are right now. What's your rice? What are you unwilling to let go of for fear or for, I don't know, what? Fear, probably. Or it might be that the rice, you've overvalued it for some reason. It represents either safety or it represents the admiration of the community, or it represents too much work put in to reverse and take another direction forward. But the bottom line is, for too many of us, we're like that monkey. We've got our hand in this coconut. It went in empty. We grabbed the rice, and we were captured because we won't let go of the rice. What is it, money, success, fame? The expectations of others? What's your rice? Is it time to let go of it? That's the question that I hope people will ask themselves because we all are relying on each other's power to come to the fore. You know, if you're an accountant and you're meant to be a writer, we want your book. And maybe you can do it at the same time, but maybe you can't. If you're... If you're an executive in a marketing company and you're really a born teacher, then we really need you to teach our kids because you can't fake these things. That's something that a monkey would tell you with his hand in the coconut full of rice. You can't fake it. If you climb even very high, but using false fuel, something will be out of sync for you. It's only when you're being authentic that the station you arrive at feels pure and unadulterated and makes you feel at home. And that's the setting in which you can give the most. So I want everybody to think about it 
what is it, if anything, that has captured you and which if you just relaxed your grip, if you just relaxed your grip, you could overcome it and you could be on your way to the new parts of you that really need to manifest themselves. For some people, by the way, it's a belief system that really doesn't speak to them, but it's been tradition in their families, and therefore they parrot it, but they feel as though they're using someone else's words or someone else's beliefs, someone else's guidance for getting through life, when really what you need to do is go and find the set of ideas, ideals, and beliefs that resonate most with you. Of course, that involves letting go. It reminds me of another thing, by the way. I had a friend who was a stunt pilot, and I think this is another good metaphor. And my friend said, you know, it's it's so counterintuitive. At the time when you are going to execute the most complex maneuver, that's when you actually have to let go of the controls of the stunt plane. You've arranged for everything to happen. So the plane's going to now roll. And you've done what you need to do. And if you stiff arm it, if you try to over control the airplane, you're going down. He said, that's kind of the key, by the way, to what I, he was saying, what I do. I know that at a certain point, you got to let go of the controls and let the machine do what it's going to do. We have to do that in our lives. It's so hard, by the way. Why is it so hard? But it is. It's so difficult. Great writers knew that it might be difficult to let go. It might be difficult to relax your grip on that rice, but that that's the only way to move forward with authenticity and therefore with power. In Franny and Zoe, which is a stunningly beautiful book written by J.D. Salinger, who wrote Catcher in the Rye, It concerns Franny, who's a frustrated actress. She thinks all of the audiences are dimwits and they're not responding to the lines in the right places. And she's just so frustrated. She's going to give up acting. And her brother Zoe intervenes. He calls her on the phone and he says, you know, I hear you're giving up acting. She says, yeah. And he says, well, I was up there. I don't know if you knew we saw you in Summerstock. I was there. In the play, Playboy of the Western World, when you performed, I was in the audience. She says, you were. He says, yeah. She said, I didn't know. He said, I was there. He says, you know, Franny, you were good. And then he goes on to tell her that there's only one thing an actress can do, and that's to act. And he says, at one point or another in your life, You got it in your mind and in your heart and in your soul that you were an actress and that there's only one authentic thing that if you're an actress, you can do. And it's not to gauge the reaction of the audience. It's not to worry about that, he says. It's simply to act. An artist's agenda is to create art. That's all. What's your art? What's your art? What is it that you need to let go of in order to express it? And it doesn't have to be an art, like painting, singing, sculpting. Those are nice. They're wonderful, right? But 
Your art might be being a teacher, being a politician, uh, being a parent. Being a business person, having your own business, if that's your art form, by all means, write, if you will, your business. Write that story. Everything's a story. The question is, is it a nonfiction story? Nonfiction just evolves of its own accord. If you get in line with nonfiction, then it draws from you the next paragraph and page because it's no effort. An ego climber, Robert Persig, to get back to Persig, the genius, uh, he used to talk about the difference between someone who's working from his heart or her heart and someone who's working from ego. He said, if you're climbing a mountain, but you're an ego climber, you'll always slightly miss the place where your hand or foot's supposed to go. You'll certainly miss a sunrise or a sunset as you climb. As opposed to someone who's climbing out of authenticity because it's what that person does. Once you're in accord with that, once that's the path you're taking, you don't miss any sunsets. Your footing is sure because your feet land exactly where they're supposed to naturally. And the gifts that you then can manifest are extraordinary. So I hope that everybody who is part of the Pain to Power community will start to think, well, what is my coconut filled with rice? What am I harnessed to, held by, handcuffed to, that I really need to let go of? It's tough, by the way. It's tough, I know. But what do you need to let go of in order to be yourself? That's the journey. Being yourself. That's, by the way, the greatest threat to anti-freedom-loving people in America or anywhere around the world is you being you, incontrovertibly, undeniably, unapologetically you. That's the greatest threat to totalitarianism. It's the greatest threat to despots. It's the greatest threat to those who would deprive others of their power. Because if you're acting from your core, from yourself, then you're going to be very difficult to brainwash and you're, in fact, impossible. And you're going to chart your own course and the, the good you do from pursuing that course will be obvious to you and to everyone else and you'll never give up. Right? People who experience what it is to be at one with themselves, they don't give up. And that's real trouble if you're trying to control people. Man, you get a group of people who know who they are and are expressing themselves. They're going to start expressing their own ideas and ideals and standing with them and not yielding. That's called a country, a people, a way of being that's fairly indomitable. In fact, indomitable. That's the issue. So with all the forces that are potentially aligned in this world, to deprive you of you, now's the best time I can imagine for you to double down, figure out 
What's your coconut chain to the ground? How do you let go of that rice? Once your hand's free, where will you go? And then go there by all means. It's your right to go there. You'll know it when you arrive. We're all depending on you taking the journey. Thanks for joining another edition of Pain to Power, the ultimate podcast. Why? Because we don't settle for these uncertain times making us uncertain people. Pain to Power is meant to make you stronger and stronger as an individual. You want to get even stronger? Visit www.pain-power.com. Pain2power.com, but it's the number two, not the letters. Uh, and don't forget the hyphens, pain-2-power.com. Or email me if you want to work with me directly as a life coach, one-to-one. We'll do it together. Email me at info at keithablo.com or call 978-462-1125. And the lovely Tiffany will book your appointment. Thanks so much. Talk to you again real soon.